Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. Coming up on NBA Today, the Spurs nipping at the Lakers' heels. So might L.A. miss the play-in, especially with LeBron's ankle concerns? And speaking of L.A., an update on Paul George and when he may take the court. We'll also get an update on Kawhi Leonard. Plus, don't look now, but the Grizz are looking like world beaters even without jaw. Highlights from their drubbings of the dubs. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. I'm Malika Andrews, alongside my sis, Janae Agumake, and we have reporters stopping by. Hey, Spicy P, yes. Pascal Siakam, he is joining the show. J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins are going to join us in just a little bit. But what do you say we start with the jawless Grizz taking on the Warriors? as a team that was resting its stars, but no jaw, no problem. So you can see Draymond Play, Green, Draymond. Clay nice Thompson, John Morant. Nice chain. All <laughs> not in the game. It was no problem. Check out Dylan Brooks showing off his handles a little bit. I mean, it's not even the handles. It's the finish and one son. That's a block. That's a block. Is that a block or is that a dance? I'm not even Both. sure what's going on there. A plants. And then, <laughs> plants. And then showing off his range as well, Chanae. I mean, this is the, the strength of this Grizzlies. It's next man up, and they love seizing the opportunity of maybe Jaws out, but hey, maybe it's my night. Well, and this jaw evoked Jaw Morant. Is that Jaw on the floor? No. No, sir. It's DeAnthony Melton. <laughs> Gets the lane, throws down. That looks like an and one to me. Let's take another look. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Might have been a little bit of contact there. And Jaron Jackson Jr. said, on your head from the Bench, but what? Great, maybe upper room nominee maybe. later on. We maybe we know John Morant likes it. Let's take a look on the defensive end, though, for the Grizz. Oh, all the way. But look at Steve Kerr here. He's arguing with the referee. Arguing. Oh, he's mad. He's mad. He would get ejected from the game. Here's the Grizzlies afterward. Uh, luckily, no matter who's in out of the lineup, we're playing high-level basketball, and that's what our expectation is. Just goes to show that you know we're here um, to build something great. It all starts with, uh, you know, I think our mentality, um, you know, being aggressive. So every, everybody eats. We got a bunch of dudes playing well right now, and um, you know, I think it's because the ball is moving. Everybody making their they plays. So last night was nothing new for the Grizzlies. In March alone, they have five wins by at least 25 points. That's one shy of the most by any team in a calendar month in NBA history. And for the season, Janae, they have 13 25-point wins. Only three teams have had more in NBA history. But I want to understand a little bit better about how this is actually getting done. So, Janae, I think I think it might be time for a cheap cheap. You know what it is. It's been a while, but we're back. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies, they have had that swag all season long. I know you saw the Stephen Adams video. The energy is contagious no matter who is suited up for them so far this season. In fact, according to one of my favorite nerds, producer Seth Sar, the Grizz are outscoring opponents by 19 points per game without Mr. Everything John Morant. That is the highest point differential for a team without their all-star in NBA history. So how have they done it? Well, roll me my tape, producer Quake Goof, baby, let's get it. All right, they start things defensively. They play great team defense. How are you going to guard? 
are the Milwaukee Bucks and their stars. First and foremost, they double-teamed Chris Middleton. I know a lot of people said he was a little bit slower so far this year. Well, who cares? They respect who they're defending. The help side is there and present. Now, next question, ball movement. How are you going to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo? Double-team Chris Middleton, triple-team Giannis, and his passing has improved, but this time they get a tip. Great team defense right there. And speaking of team defense, I mean, John Morant talks about Jaron Jackson Jr. as Defensive Player of the Year because he leads the league in blocks per game. Watch this. He's 6'11", 7'4", 7'5", wingspan, alters his shot even though he was in a whole bunch of muck. They play team defense. Now let's have some fun with some offense here. Great ball movement. How are they going to get the shot? Well, one, let's count the passes. One, two, Steven Adams, your center. Nice, nice little bounce pass extension. And look at that closeout so far. That's beautiful basketball. But this one's really fun when it comes to offense. They, this entire team has a great IQ. Desmond Bain, great shooter. You force him, you know, to go back door, help defenses there, tagging. Now, the guy you took out of the play, watch how he gets the play back. All that movement, nice little counter action when he wasn't open, pick and roll. Defense has to help, and the guy who was rejected ends up the big money maker. But here's why all of this is important. Timing is absolutely everything. As Malika said, it's March, AKA time to get ready for the playoffs, and they are not playing around. Again, the Grizz, they have five 25-point wins in March, which is one shy of the most blowout wins in a month in NBA history. You spill the tea, but this really looks like a team that wants to run it back and not only get past the first round, but make a real deep playoff run. Mm, that's interesting. I like that. Mm. Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, they do want to make a deep playoff run, and they have kind of the swag to go along yep. with it, right? And they bark. I mean, they will they bark do. at other teams. And remember, and they will bite. It, it wasn't that long ago, though, that Andre Iguodala, he was on the Grizzlies. And if you blinked, you might have missed it. He never actually suited up for Memphis. But he later said that the Grizzlies, they weren't the right situation for him. So now some of the Grizzlies, they took issue with that. And apparently, Tanae, they didn't forget. So here's Dylan Brooks. Take, take a listen to what he had to say and the shade that he threw. Being here in this moment, looking back to that moment, what you think about how this team has developed? Um, we developed a lot. And we all had the vision and he didn't which is perfect, you know, send him back to the Warriors and let him, you know, do his thing over there. Ooh, he had to put the shades on. That was so bright. All right, welcoming in J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins. Perk, as the senior Grizzlies correspondent on this show, we got to know whether you liked that shade from Dylan Brooks or not. Hell yeah, I like it. Look, let me tell you something about the Memphis Grizzlies, okay? This is a team, they don't give a damn who you are. They have zero respect for you when it comes between those lines. It kind of reminds me of those young, those young guys when we, in my younger days when, you, when I used to go to the park and I used to want to get on the court with the old guys and I had to wait my turn and I had to prove myself and then I would go on there and talk noise and then all of a sudden the old heads would start to respect me. The next time I go to the park, I don't have to sit on the sideline or say, I got next. And see, when you look at their culture and you look at their identity, they don't care. And this is part of the reason why I got them winning the Western Conference. Mm. Yes, they're 18 and 2 without Ja Morant. And when we talk about them being 18 and 2 without Ja, no Ja, no problem. If we didn't, if Ja Morant wasn't on the Memphis Grizzlies and we see this team playing the way that they're playing right now, what would we, what would we be saying right now? We all would be saying, Man, they're one superstar away from being legit title contenders. But guess what? 
they actually have that superstar, and he's coming back in about the next five days or so to play the end of the season going into the postseason. Look, these young guys are not backing down from anybody. They get an extra boost of energy when they playing in Memphis and it be rocking. I'm telling you, you got to rock out with these young guys. They don't give a damn. They well, don't care. I mean, clearly, but it, it's we just heard Chanae say it, right, J.J.? We heard Chanae say you want to be playing your best basketball when it comes to March. And I hear that from former players on the show a lot. I hear it from reporters on the show a lot that real championship contenders, they want to be hitting their stride at this point. And we just heard Perk say Western Conference champion, but I, I didn't hear champion. So, J.J., are we looking at this year's champs potentially? It's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, look at that. And if you had asked me this question two months ago, I would have say, I would have said that the window's not open yet for them, but hmm. the window right now is very much open. They are a legit elite basketball team and a championship contender. A couple things I just want to put into context real quick. This 18-2 record, yes, they have beat some good teams during that. They've also played the Mavs without Luka. They've played the 76ers without Embiid. That's not to take away from them going 18-2, just some context. I also want to talk about Dylan Brooks, which, by the way, his comment was fair. It was right. But Andre Iguodala is like 42 years old. His <laughs> timeline at the time uh, two years ago when he got traded and didn't show up to Memphis was very different than the Grizzlies' timeline. And so for him, he was looking out for his best interest. And, of course, he ended up getting a, a, a nice extension from Miami as well. Right. So there's nothing wrong with, with Dre looking out for his interest in this scenario. And, and again, to, to, to Perk's point, this is who Dylan Brooks is. He's an embodiment of, of the Grizzlies' swagger and culture. I have, I have nothing, you know, I have no issue with him saying what he said, though. Right. It, it's sort of like on either side. If you're going to use that as fuel in this situation. Okay, Perk, any issues with what you just heard from J.J. there? No, not at all. I mean, look, I tried to warn J.J. about this Memphis Grizzly team two months ago when he wasn't trying to give them their props, and I was telling them, J.J., if a team show you who they are, you got to believe them, and they've been showing us who they are all season long. Like, look, when you look at their personnel, just think about it. Jared Jackson Jr. is able to roam and block shots. You know why? Because Steven Adams take a lot of pressure off of him. Sure. And then you go to the wing position. They have athletic wings that could guard on both ends of the floor. You look at Taj Jones. You know, shout out to Duke. J.J., that's your guy. The best backup point guard in the game today. He comes in there, they don't lose a beat. You know why? He's the ultimate floor general. And then when you look at when, when Sinead was showing her cheat sheet, I'm looking at how those guys were scrambling around, right? Like, they were scrambling around with no communication. Like, they already knew where to go. You don't see that from a lot of young teams. So when people try to throw, oh, we can't trust them because they still young, no, the eye test tells me they're young, but their souls are old. Well, it seems like that's the only box that's been left unchecked, right? is the experience piece and we see oftentimes championship teams yes we've seen the ones like Golden State where really in 2015 they just go for it all the way but oftentimes we see teams have some real heartbreak deep into the playoffs before they sort of reach that mountain and the Grizzlies haven't had that so that's Malika, the one thing yes Malika, for, can I ask you a question go for it can I ask you and JJ a question go for it I was on the I was on the 2008 champions. I'm a 2008 champion, right? And I had a lot of veterans on there. It was only one, two guys on there that had experience for us winning the championship. KG didn't have none. Paul Pierce didn't have none. Ray Allen didn't have none. So what is the difference? 
Well, I think I think they to still won it when they The fall? difference was they, those guys were at least battle tested deep mm. in the playoffs. Yes, they. Paul Pierce had been to the Eastern Conference Finals. KG had been to the Western Conference Finals. Ray Allen had made it to the second round. This Grizzlies team, by and large, their main players have not played outside of the the, the first round. Obviously, Stephen Adams has. Uh, Perk, I just want to clarify something. I don't know why every time we talk about the Grizzlies, you try to claim that I've hated on them for months and you've told me I never and I've said disagreed that. with I never, you. I've I never, never said, disagreed never with you, you about the Grizzlies. I never said I've you loved the Grizzlies Jay, Jay, and I've loved John ja Morant going news. back two seasons. The two good seasons. news is that we have so much more John ja Morant and Grizzlies coverage to come that you guys can hash this out then. Because still to come on NBA Today with the MVP race being too close to call, our talent makes the case for each favorite and we also have an update on LeBron's ankle still ahead are the Lakers in legit jeopardy of missing the play-in all together and Spicy P himself Pascal Siakam joins NBA Today in just a little bit to talk all things Raptors and their turnaround NBA Today more after this now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. It is time to go coast to coast on Monday's action. And we're going to start with the Cavaliers, who beat the Magic by six, but they lost rookie Evan Mobley to a sprained left ankle. X-rays were negative. That's according to Woj. Mobley is averaging 15 and eight this year. So, Chanae, how should Cavs fans be feeling right now? Oh, they should be happy. X-rays were negative. And that means, you know, ankle rolls. Hopefully he'll be back soon. I know they've been dealing with injury bugs so far later in the season, but I'm not so concerned based on the good news of that prognosis. All right, well, let's keep it in the East. The Heat, they snapped a four-game losing streak with a 23-point win over the Kings. Jimmy Butler had 27. Bam added 22 and 15 as the Heat reclaimed the first seed in the East. So, Big Perk, which version of the Heat's up-and-down season is going to show up come playoff time? The great version of the Heat. Look, they got all the they got all the ugly stuff out of the way. Now they're gonna look pretty. Now they're gonna look pretty when postseason comes. When it counts. All right, let's stay in the East once more. The Hawks they beat the Pacers for their third win in their last four games, and Atlanta is just a game behind the eight-seeded Nets to avoid two play-in games. And Trey Young had his second straight 15 assist game. So JJ, are the Hawks a sneaky sleeper to come out of the play-in? I think so. They made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They're battle-tested. They have one of the best players in the league in Trey Young. They're a sleeper. All right. Well, how about the Nuggets? They beat the Hornets behind another triple-double from Nikola Jokic, his 19th this season, six more than any other player in the league. And Denver is sixth in the West. So, Chanae, 
Why can't we count out Denver as a title contender? Because they had less quote-unquote talent this year with Jamal Murray out, Michael Porter Jr. trying to get back. And somehow he's still in the conversations for most valuable player, which is a testament to Nikola Jokic. Anything oh, is possible for how he, he plays. He is not just in the conversation. Jokic, the reigning MVP, he claimed 62 of the 100 first place votes in the third and final iteration of ESPN's MVP straw poll, jumping way ahead, I think it's fair to say, of Joel Embiid with 29 first place votes and then Giannis Attentacumpo with nine votes. And just a reminder, in this straw poll, our ESPN reporter Tim Bontemps, he simulates the MVP voting. So he asks 100 media members for their top five MVP candidates. So in addition to that straw poll, Caesar Sportsbook has just adjusted the NBA MVP odds to make Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid co-favorite so it had been Embiid remember mm. given all of this and I, I would be remiss not to say that adjustment was made after this straw poll came out so I want to do a little straw poll NBA today style and make the case for the other guys we talk a lot about Jokic we talk a lot about Joel Embiid so if they finish strong and just so viewers know the group test it text it was popping off with who's gonna make the case <laughs> for whom but Perk I want to start with you and an upset you wanted to make the case for Giannis go ahead I do, I do, because I feel like we're getting bored with Giannis and his dominance, right? This is a guy that's averaging 29, 11, and 6, almost 7 assists. And when we look at Giannis, yes, he has Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, which makes it even more impressive because he's able to go get those numbers when he have, when he still have two all-star caliber players playing alongside of him. And I think we're taking him for granted like we did LeBron James when he was making those runs in the Eastern Conference and he could have won multiple MVPs. It's the same case for Giannis. The Bucks are still at the, uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference and they have been flying under the radar and Giannis has gotten better. All right, so I said this was an upset, and that's because you didn't choose Ja Morant. Chanae Agumake did. So what is Ja's case to mm -hmm. win MVP, Chanae? If we're talking about players that have gotten better, I feel like Ja Morant has to be at the top of the list, especially since we said, oh, he's too good to graduate from most improved, Mr. Perk. We've got to put him in most valuable player conversation. <laughs> this guy, you remember, I got the receipts. 27 and 8 so far this season, about 7 or 8 points more improved from seasons past. And just look at the Grizzlies. What are they, 53? and 23 on the season, the second best record in the NBA. Sometimes you get a shooting star, right? So many stars are out there, but you get a shooting star in an astronomical type of season for the Grizz where we did not see that happening or we did not expect that as much. That's what Jaw has done. He's galvanized this group. He's had a dominant season, and I feel like he could steal some MVP votes All very right. easily. Well, listen up, Suns fans, because JJ is about to make the case for Mr. Devin Booker to be I like MVP. This. Go ahead, JJ. Mm. The easy answer here is he's the leading scorer on the best team, but it's really, really much deeper than that. He's the 10th player to average at least 25, 5, and 5 on a team with a winning percentage of 800 or better. Eight of those previous nine players have won MVP. We talk all the time about his clutch time performance. The Suns are 24 and 5 in clutch games that he plays. He's shooting 57% from the field and 41% from three in clutch time. And perhaps most importantly, everybody thought the Suns were going to fall off when CP got hurt. He went for 28, 5, and 7 and led the Suns to an 8 and 3 record. Perk makes fun of me all the time because I'm an analytics guy, but I'm also an eye test guy, and my eyes are telling me he's a deserving MVP. All right, Chanae, you're the queen of, all right, I'm going to give multiple players their flowers here. <laughs> I want to so do it for all players, but Who you know. else you got? 
I've got Jason Tatum because a lot of times after All-Star break, we see people, Mr. Celtics, we see people really solidify their cases for awards. And Jason Tatum, might, he's been balling. I mean, 33 points per game, second in NBA, scoring this month of March. And also the Celtics have been surging. It's not easy to revive a franchise that had great expectations mid-season with a first-year coach. And he's really emerged as that quintessential leader for Boston. And so I love to see his development. I love to see, we see these numbers, but now you're seeing him career highs in points and rebounds and assists. He deserves to be in the conversation as well. All right, so we've hit on Jason Tatum. We've hit on John Moran. We've hit on Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Giannis, Jokic, Joel Embiid. But what about Luka Doncic? And for me, this is the three-pronged reason as to why he should be in the MVP conversation. Number one, he does it all. Luka is the only player in the league right now to average 25, 8, and 8. Number two, he carries this team. And this is what we talk about with Nikola Jokic. This is what we talk about with Joel Embiid when he didn't have Ben Simmons. He is second in the NBA in usage rate. That's behind only Joel Embiid. And reason number three, he impacts winning. When he is on the court, the Mavs win 66% of their games. If you take him off of the floor, it is just not the same team. So because he's able to put this team on his back, I know that the Mavericks, they still have something to prove in the postseason. This is a regular season award, and Luka Doncic is absolutely deserving of being in that conversation. What do you think, Chanae? Oh, I agree. I just love him. I feel like we Oprah today. You get an MVP. You get an MVP. You get an MVP. I think there are a number of deserving candidates it's going to be really interesting to see how those votes oscillate, you know, down the stretch. Go ahead, Perk. You, you, you know what I find? You know what I find crazy is that when we look at the MVP conversation right now and we look at all the MVP candidates and the guys that's supposed to be in the conversation that we consider to be in the conversation, guess what? They're international players. And mm. I remember this summer, I said something about international players are taking over the game of basketball. And one of the uh, form current players in Draymond Green has something to say to me. But when you look at the guys who have won the MVPs over the last three years, they've been international players. Giannis, Giannis, Jokic. When you look at guys that have won the Defensive Player of the Year award, it has been Giannis and Rudy Gobert. So, to me, when I look at this and we think about Jokic, we think about Embiid, we think about Giannis, we think about Luka, those are four of the top seven guys guys in the NBA that are international players that we actually could make a case for winning the MVP. So when I talk about things like this and I say things like that at the moment, people think that I'm crazy. But no, it's really right here in front of your face that the international players are actually taking over the game of basketball. Well, speaking of international, we're going to go international on NBA Today because still to come, Spicy P himself, Mr. Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. He joins us live to talk all things about Toronto's resurgence. Don't miss that conversation. Plus, with the Lakers in danger of falling out of play-in contention, an update on LeBron's ankle roll and when we might see Anthony Davis. And then we're going to go from one L.A. team to the other with up-to-the-minute latest on Paul George's return and when we might see Kawhi. NBA Today rolls on after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're watching NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. So last night, the Spurs took on the Rockets. DeJounte Murray scored a career-high 33 points, and San Antonio held on for a 123-120 win to inch closer to the final play-in spot in the Western Conference. So it was the fourth straight victory for the Spurs, who moved within one half game of Los Angeles, the Lakers, for the 10th spot in the West. And we know Big Perk, he likes San Antonio's chances. So let's take a look at the standings here. Here's the race for the play-in at West with, West, with the Spurs just half a game behind the Lakers for that 10th and final spot and the Lakers they have the second toughest remaining schedule in the NBA so with the play in hanging in the balance for the Lakers let's bring in our reporter Dave McMenamin who is in Dallas today so LeBron is currently listed as doubtful Dave against the Mavs tonight after suffering a left ankle sprain in LA's loss to New Orleans on Sunday so what is the current outlook for LeBron here Dave? Malika, not very good. Things are not trending in a direction that would see him in the lineup tonight mm. in Dallas. He was experiencing significant swelling on Monday, did not participate in the team practice, stayed back at the hotel to undergo treatment. He's continued that treatment today, and they're leaving the door open technically where if there is some sort of, uh, you know, miraculous recovery over the next several hours, you could see him in there. But the team was preparing today as if they were not going to have LeBron James in the lineup. Okay, so potentially, though, a little bit of a silver lining here Anthony Davis participated in live practice yesterday for the first time since suffering a right midfoot sprain on February 16th so what's the timeline for Davis's return to the court yeah Malika the silver lining is that a source told me that he looked great in Monday's practice which is a really good sign for this team considering they haven't had him in the lineup since February 16th when he came down on Rudy Gobert's foot the problem is that Frank Vogel explained to us reporters yesterday that they can't put too much on Anthony Davis's plate too soon and risk re-injuring him. So again, he is listed officially as doubtful. Uh, also, uh, I've heard that the team is preparing not to have him as well tonight. And so this is going to be a skeleton crew in Dallas tonight, led by Russell Westbrook, hoping to stay alive in this play-in race and buy some time before they can get those two big guys back in the lineup. I got to tell you, though, the worry seems to be sinking in because if you talk to fans here in L.A., that the panic meter it seems to be creeping up it's quite high for the Lakers what's the panic level within the team Dave yeah Malik I would term it uh, urgency within the team LeBron James spoke to us after the game in New Orleans and he was asked do you think this group recognizes what's at stake here and he said I think I understand I think guys like Anthony Davis Carmelo Anthony guys who've been through it before certainly understand the stakes right now but the younger guys many of them who've never even played in the playoffs uh, can't really understand that at that point a guy like Austin Reeves uh, you know he is a rookie you know he hasn't had this type of opportunity or the uh, pressure that comes with it I think for the front office it's acceptance mm -hmm. they didn't make any major moves at the trade deadline they did not remove Frank Vogel from his post and so they were prepared to move forward with whatever this season plays out uh, but panic is certainly 
the tenor of Laker fans as they see this season that held so much promise in the offseason continue to fall apart. Sure. When you looked at the star-studded roster, we talked about this the other day on the show. At the beginning of the season, we put up the title odds in the Lakers. They were right up there with the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, it has shaken out to be a much different season. Dave McMenamin, thank you so much. I do want to stay in Los Angeles, though, because the last time we saw Paul George on the court with the Clippers, it was December 22nd, and a torn UCL in his right elbow has kept PG out ever since. However, in the last few days, there's been more of a glimmer of hope, maybe even more than a glimmer, that Paul George could return to the court this season. So now I want to bring in our Clippers reporter, Ohm Young Masuk. And Ohm, Paul George's return, it could have massive implications for the Clippers, who currently sit at eighth in the West. So how close is Paul George to making his return? Malika, I'm told Paul George is going to suit up and play tonight, barring him feeling something off with wow. his shooting elbow after practicing for the last two days. Now, he was cleared to practice in five-on-five five with no contact, no, I mean, with contact, no restrictions on Sunday. And yesterday, he did the same thing, and he scrimmaged. And look, he has made quite the progression over the last month. He was seen right before the All-Star break still shooting left-handed. And now, yesterday, he was in practice seen on video throwing a behind-the-back pass with his right elbow. It looks like old Paul George is almost back, and we should see him tonight, barring him feeling anything wrong after the last two days of practice. And this is what the Clippers are hoping to do, is that they hope to ramp up Paul George for the play-in for the remainder of the season, and they might also get even more reinforcements because Norman Powell has been shooting on the court with the team, mm. and I'm told that they hope to have him within the next seven to ten days practicing and perhaps back back with the team. Interesting. It always is how you come through that initial workout that especially the, those five on five, the full court types of practice, how they come through the night, the next day, how they're feeling. But ooh, likely to play tonight, you're reporting. So we have you here. I have to ask you, Kawhi Leonard, he underwent surgery to repair a partial tail on his right tear on his right ACL in July on July 13th. So is there any update on when we might see Kawhi back on the court? There is no update on Kawhi Leonard. Now, we have not seen him since he was on the floor in Golden State when Kendra shot him on video pregame before the Clippers played the Warriors working out up there in Golden State. You know, look, he uh, from all uh, everything I've heard, he looks good. He mm. is fit. Um, but we have to remember something. He tore his ACL on June 14th in Game 4 against the Utah Jazz. He had surgery a month later. He pretty much is about, ten, about nine months removed from from that surgery so this is a power player we have to we can't forget that he's meticulous and methodical of the way he plays the way he works out the way he rehabs so I think the Clippers are going to continue to to pretty much be careful with Kawhi Leonard and I'm sure Kawhi is going to do the same thing but listen if they're in the playoffs Paul George is back Norm Powell's back, and uh, let's say they play Memphis, and I don't know, Kawhi's feeling good. We'll have to see. Tyloo left the door open for him and said that if he's medically cleared to go, uh, you know, he'll return. Oh, um, don't tempt Big Perk with a Memphis uh, matchup there. Thank you so much. We will see you in Crypto.com <laughs> Arena later tonight. So I want to come back with J.J. Perk and Cheney here. Given what we just heard from Ohm, <laughs> If Paul George returns, and again, Ohm is reporting that it's likely barring a setback given how hard he worked out in the last couple of days, how he comes through the night, how dangerous does his presence make this Clippers team? Shanae, I'll start with you.
I think we're talking about doors being open. I think the door is open for the Clippers to make noise this, uh, you know, this postseason because you think about the Lakers and how they're trending downward. It looks like the Clippers, and we're both right here sitting in the city of Los Angeles with this news with Paul George, they look like they could be trending upward. Play in, they're locked in at, the, at that, you know, eighth seed because I think it's about six losses between them and moving up. This is exciting for them because we know that championship is their goal. They want to, again, exert their influence and box out kind of their own territory here in Los Angeles. And they have an opportunity to build some real momentum that can help them likely when Kawhi Leonard potentially comes back next year so they can say, we've been battle tested. We got PG back. We've got Reggie playing great basketball. We've got Norm, who I think in three games, you know, put up 20 points per game and looked really good. We've got all these pieces. We built that chemistry. We came in the play-in. We, we, we learned how to play more confidently and shook off some of those ghosts of the past. And now next season, we are real contenders when we're at full strength and healthy. This is very exciting for Clippers fans. What do you think, Big Perk? Mm. I'm with Sinead. I mean, first, let me give uh, flowers to Paul George for even coming back, right? He didn't have to come back. But look, just think about what Reggie Jackson and Paul George did in the postseason last year together when Kawhi went out. One could say that they was the top three duo in the league while they were playing on the floor together. They were giving people problems. So, yes, the Clippers can be a, a handful if they get in the playoffs and be a, a hard first-round exit. I agree. How much of a handful do you think they'll be, JJ? With they'll Paul be a handful. There, there's no question. They were able to close out the Jazz last year after Kawhi got hurt. They had a competitive Western Conference Finals against the Suns without Ka Kawhi. This certainly increases their chances to secure an actual playoff spot and win one of the games in the play-in uh, and, and make some noise in the playoffs. Paul George has proven to be mm -hmm. a, a top 10, top 15 player in this league. Norman Powell is another great addition that they, they made along with Robert Covington near the trade deadline. This team has some juice, and, and Perk knows this. You need great coaching in the playoffs. You need a great game plan. You need great adjustments. Ty Lue has proven Preach. to be one of the two best coaches in the NBA right now. Yeah, absolutely. We have mentioned him in the yes, conversation sir. for Coach of the Year. And with Paul George coming back, this could be a very interesting team come playoff time. And speaking of the playoffs, still to come, Pascal Siakam is going to be joining us here on NBA Today. There he is waiting to chat with us. Spicy P, the man himself, fresh off, what was it, a 40-piece Asian rub? Asian rub, lemon pepper. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's our NBA Wednesday doubleheader on ESPN. And the app, the Celtics are in Toronto tonight before a huge clash Wednesday night in Boston on ESPN versus the Heat at 7.30 Eastern in the first game of our doubleheader. And then Golden State hosts Phoenix in the nightcap. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Credit Karma. We need to head up north because, ooh-wee, Spicy P was on fire last night against the shorthanded Celtics team. We're going to pick this one up in overtime. Look at this. A little floater? No? Oh, he's going to take care of it. 
clean up on aisle spicy pea. Is that how? Is that how that goes? All right, and then again, defensive possession here. No, sir. Gets the Celtics all tied up. Comes back down the other way. On the other end, Siakam. You know that's good. Raptors now go up by three at this point. Siakam making plays on both ends of the court. And he would finish with 40 points and 13 rebounds. The Raptors, they go on to win it 115 to 112. Look, Scotty Barnes getting hyped in the corner for Pascal, who's keeping a cool face as he walks off the court. Now, the race at the top of the East, it's as close as it gets. The Heat are in the first, but only a game ahead of the Sixers, Bucks, and Celtics. And the Raptors and the Bulls, they are not too far behind. So it might come down literally to the last day of the season. And now we're going to welcome in Spicy P himself, Mr. Pascal Siakam, fresh off of a 40-piece against Boston yesterday. And you're one of just five players currently averaging 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, along with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and LeBron James. So how have you been able to step up your play last month in the last month with the playoffs fast approaching here, Pascal? Um, I just think that for me, just just continue to work hard. Um, and and again, at this point in the season, you know, being healthy, coming off a of shoulder surgery, um, and just and just feeling feeling like myself. And and um, you know, obviously we have we have a good team around, and, and guys wanting to learn and, and getting better. Um, so for me personally, it's just it's just continue to work hard and, and and get to the level that I know that I can get to. Mm. Well, there's a lot of attention paid to the top teams in the East, but. When I tweeted that you were coming on the show today, Raptors faithful, they were adamant that I was talking to an all-NBA player. They're already calling you all-NBA Pascal. Like, that's your new nickname up there. Why do you believe you belong <laughs> on an all-NBA team? Um, you know, not, not only the numbers that, that, that you, you, you know, you, you put out, and, and, and I think for me, just um, just continue to, to win as a team. You know, we, we didn't, you know, have obviously everyone looking at us as someone uh, as a team that can do something out there. But you know, we continue to fight, we continue to work hard, and, and we want to prove people wrong. And I think that for us, like that's kind of like my mentality, and and being the leader of, of that, and, and and just continuing to get better. Um, like I said earlier, and, and and I do believe that you know I'm 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 one of those players out there in the league, and and I just want to continue to improve. Hey, Pascal, it's Shanae over here. Uh, you won a championship in 2019, and then afterward, you had to navigate a lot of changes over the last couple of years, especially with where your team played. How have you been personally able to find that confidence to perform night in and night out? Um, I think for me, like I've, during you know all those times, obviously we all had to sat, sit down at home and, and and learn about ourselves. I just I just been been learning a lot and growing as a human, and 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 just understanding that you know when you go through through stuff, sometimes you know it's hard, but but you just got to continue to fight. You got to fight through it, um, and understand you know that things are gonna happen to you, but it's about how you come out the other side of it, and and, and that's something that I've been you know just wanting to continue to grow mentally because I feel like that's a big part of the game, and and um, it's been a tough journey, but but I, but I. I do believe that you know God has a purpose for me and and, and I'm going to continue to get better and, and I'm on a mission here. Pascal, before we let you go, I, I have a silly one that I just have to ask. I was listening to a podcast recently and your nickname is Spicy P, but you don't like <laughs> spicy food. What, what's up whoa. with that? Whoa, oh, whoa. Cool. And this is my African brother. <laughs> Hold up. What? What's going on here? I mean, I, I don't know, man. I don't know how the nickname came about. I, I, to be honest, I don't know. Um, but hey, if the fans love it, they love it, you know. At the same time, it's like I don't know what I can say. I can't eat spicy food. That's that's just me. Um, but um, if the, the nickname you like it, you know, keep keep calling me like that. If you don't, 
you know, you can find someone something else. <laughs> I mean, spicy food is delicious. Shanae, I do have to say that what he said when he was on Danny Green's podcast, he said, I'm so spicy, I don't need any more spice Precisely. in my life. I, so I said, all Precisely. right, done. Pascal Siak, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here on NBA Today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Spicy P, oh, even man. if he doesn't thank eat spicy so food. His game is spicy enough. Absolutely. Thank yeah, like, you like so you said, much, I'm Pascal. spicy enough. We're good. I'm spicy enough. No more ad. We can't add anything. I'm You're spicy, spicy enough. enough. He's hoping to spice his way right onto the all-NBA team, Pascal. All right, still to come on NBA Today. Might James Harden be the X Factor in tonight's mega showdown between Philly and Milwaukee? We'll discuss. That's next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm 7'2". I'm good looking. I'm pretty intelligent too. I'm the most unstoppable player in the league. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no We have got quite a matchup tonight between Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. Embiid holds a slight edge in points while Giannis barely beats him in rebounds and assists. Two of the top three candidates for MVP this season going at it. I cannot wait for this game. All right, back here with Janae, Perk, and JJ. So 76ers Bucks, huge game tonight, obviously, for a gazillion reasons. But Perk, starting with you, what are you going to be watching most closely tonight? James Harden. Look, we know what Joel and B and Giannis are going to do. I'm looking to see if James Harden is going to raise his level of his raises his game to the level of elite competition because every time they go against a title contender or a team that's as, that is good as them, he disappears. So I want to see what James Harden is going to do, especially against a defender like Drew Holiday. Precisely. I'm going to take your answer. I'm going to tweak it because Drew Holiday is no it. longer put in reverse. Hey, hey. Uh, I'm going to tweak it just because Drew Holiday is no longer on the injury list, and it looks like he could be probable tonight along with Serge Ibaka. And so it's that matchup. We know Joel Embiid. We know Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Drew is one of the better defenders in this league. And going up against James Harden, who really needs to change this narrative about big games, he's kind of casual, but instead he risked it all to get to this scenario with the Sixers for him to help be that championship piece. Going up against a great defender and a top team can really help start that narrative shift. What do you have your eye on, JJ? I'm just going to clarify something Perk said, and that's James Harden doesn't disappear. He just hasn't been at his best in the best in the biggest moment at times. And to me, the 76er ceiling is most tied to James Harden. It's not tied to Joel Embiid. It's not tied to Tyrese Maxey or Tobias Harris or their bench. It's tied to the question, can James Harden be at his best in the biggest moments? Yeah. And if he can, then the 76ers are real championship contenders. Well, and this is a, a matchup to watch for several reasons, but one of them is this could be a preview of one that we might see in, in the playoffs in the East. Perk, JJ, thank you so much. Oh, yes, Perk. 
JJ, you do realize when when the 76ers played the Brooklyn Nets that James Harden was like one for 31 or some crazy stuff. I'm oh, I'm over exaggerating, but if that's not disappearing, what is disappearing to you? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna come back to that conversation. I'm gonna thank Tony, both a, of you a Tony Snell stat line that is disappearing. <laughs> 28 minutes, oh. zero points, zero assists, okay. Someone clip his mic. Yeah, we're, we're done. <laughs> no. If it's all right with you, Big Perk, Chanae and I are going to take it from here, and we're going to take it to the dark right. side because when we return in 60 seconds, the top plays from the Grizzlies this season <laughs> with one special little twist. Don't worry, Perk. We'll explain. Keep it locked. 60 seconds. We're back. Okay, Steven. Okay. Now I slam it when I'm going to make sure it's broke. When I'm going, I won't get strong because I won't let. NBA Today is presented by Credit Karma. Get the money app where your hard work pays off and create your own karma. Quality three-point looks. Of course, when Melton is shooting this well. NBA Today presented by Credit Karma and Chanae. We just saw that jam from DeAnthony Melton. So what we're going to do is a grizzly season top of the top. Ooh. Here's the twist. Okay. Minus John Moran. After oh. all, they're 18 and 2 without him. So Ooh. let's show you some of these highlights. All right. We're going to start with top and one. And one. And one. And Xavier, one. Top and one. Xavier <laughs> Tillman dug all over Alperun Shangoon. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Cut a body. Oh. Like what? And the, the problem was like the knee to the chest. Yeah. And then Jaron Jackson is over here like, oh, yeah, you just blew my mind. It oh. is not only John Morant <laughs> that can throw it down on this team. All right. We're moving on to top sophomore Desmond Bain. First, he nearly turns Steph around and then nails the jumper. Oh. What? And then against the Dubs, he goes behind the back against Kyle Ooh, Anderson later. Like, what? I mean, this guy, he can do it all. These young kids are so disrespectful, and we love it. Yeah, no, this is the disrespect we, we like. This is like what we talked about on the dunk show. It started in disrespect. Disrespect in basketball, sometimes when it's on the court like that, it's good. All right, let's move ahead to top character. Love Steven him. Steven Adams, did you know that he wanted to be a dairy farmer when he was growing up? I actually did. Yeah. We work out at the same gym. <laughs> and so that's what you guys talk about is being a dairy farmer and all of his, his dance moves. His passes. He takes every offensive board as a personal mission. He's, he's been a, a little bit of secret sauce for the Grizzlies. And he's also the, the man who can literally pick up and carry <laughs> a grown man away from his teammates. I've seen him so, yeah, There's that. And, and I like the dance. All right, last yeah. and certainly not least. Okay, when we say two-way player, we don't mean on a two-way contract. We mean he can do it on both ends of the floor. Okay, hits it from deep. He yeah. hit it from deep. And then he can defend. Darren Jackson Jr., one of my favorites. Fun fact, his mother, Terry Jackson, is our WMBPA executive director. So Absolutely. I've been a fan forever. Oh, I'm a fan of that block. Take a Ooh. look at this on Jason Tatum. My goodness. All right, today that'll do it for us today. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Every and day. we out. And our live is next. <laughs>